Hello and welcome to the Unoffended Wife, a sold out marriage podcast. My name is Tammy. I am your host, and today you are listening to episode 14 The Power of Grief. Hello, everyone. I am coming before you today to talk about the power of grief. And this podcast has been a long time coming, and I'm really, um, gosh, I'm really excited to see how God not only uses this podcast to impact your life, but also um, the healing that's going to come through it in my own life. So I like to start every podcast out with uh, scripture, and the, the scripture that I want to highlight in the beginning of the episode today is Ephesians 4.27. It's super simple. It just says, don't provide an opportunity for the devil. So we're going to talk about grief and we're going to talk about the power of grief, whether it is used for evil or whether it is used for good. So I'm going to take you back to summer uh, 2019. It is now fall going into winter 2019. In August, my father passed away and it is now November and I'm finally getting around to uh, being in touch with my grief. Um, I also just had this last week, our 18 year old son, our oldest son leave home, um, for military boot camp or BMT, uh, basic military training for the air force. We're really proud of him. We're really excited for him. Um, kid is, is off to a phenomenal career in space operations and we know that God has positioned him for greatness and we're just we're really excited but I'm not gonna lie this week I have been overcome with grief and I dare say very nearly taken under by the devil with grief and so I want to talk about what God's really been showing me um when it comes to grief and it's something that I have not been, not been coping with very well, but I'm working through it. And, and if you know anything about grief, you know that it, everybody goes through grief and the process in their own way and their own time. But I want to deal with my grief sooner than later. And that is the, probably the very biggest reason I'm doing this podcast is because I I refuse to allow to be taken under by grief, um, to allow it a foothold in, you know, in the means of the enemy using that against me. Um, I'm going to just talk about some ways that, you know, as unoffended wives, how grief can actually cause us to basically take several steps back in a negative direction when it comes to wanting to, you know, stay unoffended and wanting to build up our marriages, how grief can actually, um, undermine that progress, that process. So where to start? Uh, if you go back and listen to any of my episodes, uh, you'll hear me talk throughout my podcasts, um, that I've done so far a little bit here and there about my father. Uh, he passed away suddenly and I did not really deal with it. Um, I would say that I didn't think I needed to, and I didn't really want to. Um, so here's why. So 
I did not have a great relationship with my father at all. He, when I was younger, uh, to shorten the, to shorten the experience here for the podcast and not bore you with the details, um, and not take up too much of the time on this in my mind and in my heart, he was a monster. Um, as I grew older, I had some experiences where I thought or hoped that we might have a good relationship, uh, had moments where I thought, gosh, you know what, he is capable of change. And, you know, I, I let him into our kid's life and, you know, I spent, I spent time with him where I could at the times where he was not ignoring me. Um, even as an adult, uh, as an adult, let's see, I'm looking for the word, um, so conditional love. So even as an adult, conditional love was very much a part of who he, he was as far as, um, a father. So if, if you weren't on, if you weren't approved by him or on his good side, so to speak, then he would ignore you. And, and I don't mean for days or weeks or months. I mean, for years, um, he, he tended to do that with all four of us kids and he would always have one that he would kind of, kind of have close by to his side of a good relationship. Um, but it kind of never ceased to amaze me how there was always at least one of us who he was upset or angry with and wouldn't talk to us. So it was, it was his form of punishment trying to teach us a lesson that we need to, you know, we need his approval for him to love us. And if you go back and listen to bricks on the wall, that's, that really is the very underlying, um, that was the underlying stronghold in my life was, was conditional love. And so I had to break that stronghold down, but built on, on conditional love was offense and my nature of mistrust and feelings of abandonment. And then how I would respond to people that I loved because of that. And it was just a wall that was built sky high brick on top of brick of this conditional love, uh, foundation. And so, you know, again, there was times where I would try and hope that I would be able to have a good relationship with him. And, um, there was times where I, I mean, I would really enjoy, I, I don't know. I don't even see this is part of the problem is here's where I'm at with the grief is that I don't think I've been able to admit this piece out loud. So I'm going to admit it to you now. I don't want to remember anything good about him. I don't want to remember anything good about him. It's easier for me to keep him in a box labeled monster. Don't open and kick it to the curb and say, I don't need to grieve over someone like that. And the fact of the matter is, is that's why I've struggled to work through my grief is because every time I think of, I'm doing it now, just tearing up to say, every time I think of even talking about, well, there was times I really enjoyed his, like his presence. That's hard for me to say, because I don't, I don't want to admit that, that that's possible. It's easier for me to keep him in this kind of worthless 
uh, box of, I, I don't, I don't need to, I don't want to, I don't have to grieve. Um, honestly, I didn't want to give him another second of my life. So I didn't want to grieve over him. And he made, honestly, he made that easy when he passed away. He had a letter that he had written to my brother that said, and it was notarized that said, none of his daughters are allowed near his home, near his things to have anything to do with him at all. And that was one you know, that was basically our first experience after he had passed away of hearing that he basically didn't want us to have anything to do with him. Um, second, he also notarized that we're not to have a memorial. We're not to have a funeral and all of these things. And, you know, he was an attorney. He knew what he was doing. And so he also gave it to all the right people. And so we really couldn't do those things. Um, And that alone was kind of like his last ditch effort in reminding us that he's in control, even in death, that he controls us. And because of that, he made it very easy not to want to grieve for him. But here's what God's been really showing me is, is first of all, giving me some compassion for him. He was a really broken, broken man. He was not saved. He did not believe in God. Well, actually he did believe in God, but he hated him. At one point he said he read the Bible cover to cover and he knows that God is real and exists, but he hates him. Um, and that was due to bad things happening to good people, bad things happening to innocent people. So when he was a child, he went through a lot of trauma, a lot of abuse. And that does help me to feel some compassion for him, but I've still kind of kept it in a little locking key because I didn't want to, I don't want to feel that with him. I don't want to feel sorry for him. And you know, this particular episode is going to probably make me sound like a terrible person, but this podcast is about being vulnerable. This podcast is helping wives to be vulnerable and to hear another wife be vulnerable because guys, that's where the enemy catches us in his lair is we don't want to share the hard stuff because we don't want people to think badly of us. But I'm here to tell you right now, if you have grief in your life and you're not using it for good power, then it is going to be used against you. It's going to be used against you and you are going to find yourself you're going to find yourself using that as a foundation and building bricks on top of that to protect yourself. So until you deal with your grief, you can't really build a healthy stronghold, a good one. And if you go back and listen to one of my episodes, um, talking about strongholds, strongholds can be very healthy and very good and, uh, very anointed. But if you have a stronghold that's being built against God, that's not a good place to be. And that's why I'm doing this podcast. That is why I'm working through my grief is because I refuse, just like Ephesians said, don't provide an opportunity for the devil. I refuse to provide an opportunity for the devil to build up another wall. I just broke one down. It took me 39 years and I finally have broken through and found freedom. And I'm not about to build another wall up. 
I'm keeping my guard up against the enemy and, and I'm watching for him to come. And grief is one of the ones that he is trying to be very tricky with in my life right now. And I'm not going to allow it. Grief can be used for good. There is power in grief and there's power in overcoming grief and walking through grief. So it's not enough to say, oh, I just don't need grief in my life. Grief is a bad thing and throw it to the side uh, as in grief being a demonic spirit. I really believe grief is just something that we have to go through. And again, it can be used by the devil. But the power that is in walking through grief with God and allowing God to to speak into your life, allowing God to take the reins and walk you through grief, to take your hand and walk alongside you as you work through the grief. There's power in that and the devil can't touch you. So this past week, when our oldest son, yeah, you're going to have to, you're going to have to be patient in this episode because I'm working through the tears. So this past week when our oldest son left, my heart feels like it's being ripped from my chest. And I know that a lot of it is definitely grief over missing my kid grief over not knowing what he's going through and not being able to be there to love him and comfort him. It's pretty much awful. And if you are the mom, wife, sister, friend of someone who has just taken off to boot camp, you get me. You understand what this is like. It's also the first time one of our kids has left our home. So our oldest that just left is 18 and just graduated from high school. And instead of the traditional college path, he enlisted into the Air Force. And we know that it's God's plan for him. And we're, again, really excited, but it doesn't take away from the heartache. And this past week, I felt like I was being pulled under. And what was happening was, yes, grief over him leaving, But then I also think some of those emotions that I've held and kept so tightly bound over my father dying has compounded the grief that I'm feeling over the temporary loss of my son. And so this past week, I kid you not, probably five times a day, I would spend an hour sobbing just, I mean, sobbing and practically if there was a wailing wall, I'm pretty sure that I'd have been the loudest one there every single day since this past Tuesday. And really before that, about a week before that, when I really started feeling, um, feeling the, being overcome by grief. And what I found was that because I wasn't dealing with it this past week, I was being dragged under by the enemy and I caught myself feeling easily offended. And that's when those red flags started to become visible that I stopped this weekend and thought, oh, no, 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 no. Devil, I'm not giving you opportunity for a foothold 
not in this marriage, not in this life. And I saw what was happening was that depression was setting in. And I didn't want that to be built up. I needed to make sure that I didn't allow that foothold. And so at church the other day, um, there was a message that was delivered that uh, referred to Pac-Man. If you have ever played Pac-Man, you start the game out where you're chasing, you're, the monsters are chasing you. So the bad Pac-Man are chasing you and, and the idea is for them to eat you alive, right? Swallow you whole. So you're running, running, running away. But then at some point you run into some fruit and you stop and you pause. Essentially you rest for a second and you eat the fruit. And then that is where the power happens. There's a power burst and Pac-Man turns around and begins chasing the monsters instead. Well, when that was depicted, God was speaking directly to my heart. And I feel like grief, the grief that I've been going to, which I suppose could be related more to the, uh, the maze, the messy, messy maze that Pac-Man has to go through and depression, the monster was chasing me down. And what God was teaching me and telling me was that I need to pause. I need to rest in him. I need to take of the fruit. I need to take of the scripture, of the worship, of the joy, the peace, the grace that he's offering me. The fruit, eat it, take that power in grief. I'm still in the messy maze. I'm I'm not to the next level, so to speak. I'm still in the messy maze, but now I have power to overcome the enemy and the enemy is not going to overpower me. And some of you today, some of you are dealing with grief and it may be grief in your marriage. It may be because your spouse is, has shut down. It may be because your spouse has already left It may be because your spouse has just delivered the news that they want a divorce and you are being chased by hopelessness. You're being chased by depression. You're being chased by anger and offense. And I don't know about you, but the the longer and harder that you try to run from the monsters, the more exhausted you are the angrier you are and the less ability you have to fight them off. So if you're experiencing those things today, first, what I want to tell you is to remind you in James 4, 7, it says, therefore submit to God, resist the devil and he will run away from you. That just is the... I didn't even... That wasn't a scripture that was given with the message of Pac-Man. Um, but this morning in reading scripture to prepare for this podcast, that particular scripture jumped from the pages. Therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he will run away from you. James four, seven, you guys, if we eat of the fruit of God, if we submit ourselves to the Lord, he will he will bestow his power on us to be able to not only not be overtaken by the enemy, but for us to turn around and overtake the enemy. 
I am still working through grief, guys. But I'm facing it now because I am not going to become an offended wife again. And I'm not going to become angry or depressed. My kids need me. The one who's away, he needs me to fight for him. He needs me to fight for him in a spiritual manner. And if I am depressed and angry and sad all the time, I can't be the prayer warrior that he needs me to be because I'm not focused on God. My other two kids who are at home, they need their mom. They need their mom to be there for them too. And I can't do that if I am so overcome by depression in the grief that I'm experiencing. My husband needs his wife. My husband needs his wife to be there for him. But he also needs his wife to stay an unoffended wife, to continue in the process of being and becoming an unoffended wife. It has benefited our marriage more than I can tell you in, in who I've become in this process of learning what being an unoffended wife looks like. And I, I don't want to give that up just because I'm too tired to fight. And I don't have to fight. God will do it for me. But it's easy. I know you guys have been there. It's easy when you're grieving to just be overcome by depression and feel like it's hopeless, to feel like there's nothing you can do about it, or worse yet, to enjoy and like being in the presence of depression. It is easy to stay in depression. It doesn't feel good, but somehow feeling sad and feeling depressed, somehow, I think at least this week, for me in the sadness and the depression, it's made me feel like I am feels it actually feels like if I were to be joyful, it would feel wrong. Like I shouldn't be allowed to be joyful when my child is away suffering. And yes, he's suffering for a good thing and a good cause, but he's still suffering. Boot camp is no apple picking day. So it kind of, I think at times this week, feeling sad and grieving for him has felt like it's the place I want to be. But not at the expense, not at the expense of depression in everything that it would cost me to remain there. Not saying that we can't be sad, but I want to be sad in the presence of Jesus, guys. And that's the difference. When I'm sad, I want to be in the presence of God when I'm doing it because being in the presence of Satan does not help me. It doesn't help anyone around me and it certainly doesn't have any power that is going to be used for good. Certainly has power, but not the right kind of power. So I'm, I'm pushing through, but I'm not pushing through on my own folks. I'm using, I'm using prayer. I'm using praise to fight through this maze and messy stage of my life called grief. When I talk about my dad, I need to be able to come before God and I need to be able to this week 
share a little bit more with the God of the universe how I'm really feeling. And if I'm honest with myself, the grief over my father is because I don't want to remember the good times that I had with him. Because then I'd have to actually be grieving. I'd have to actually be sad over him. And I had promised myself that I would never be sad over him. But that is a foothold that the enemy will use to take me under. I can't do that anymore. I have to, I have to remove, you know, that spiritual promise in my heart that I made that I will never be sad over him. Because if I don't allow myself to grieve for him, then it is going to be used by the enemy. I was with my mom recently and she asked me, do you have any good memories of your father? And this is the moment, folks, where I realized I had a problem. Is when she asked me that question, it bounced me back into the grieving counselor's office where she said, you see him as a monster and you've had good times with him. But right now you may not want to remember those times, but you're going to have to at some point. And it took me back into her office when she said that. And I remember dismissing that conversation at the time. But when my mom asked me, don't you have any good memories of your father? It made me angry. I didn't suddenly start crying and telling her how I missed him so much. And actually, yes, I had all of these amazing, wonderful times with him. It made me angry. And I shut it down and said, I don't want to talk about him. And when I said those words, I realized I have a problem. And the problem is that I want to keep him as a monster. I don't want to grieve over him. So I'm changing that around. And today I'm telling you, I'm going to grieve over him because there is power in overcoming grief, even the kind of grief that I'm experiencing with my father. Now, some folks, when they lose their fathers, it's sad and they have to work through a loving grief. They have to work through the kind of grief that is, is a sad one over, you know, missing them and missing the good times with them and never being able to see them again. And with me, it's different. It's a different kind of grief, but it's still grief. And I still need to grieve for him. And The other thing that I'm just going to admit right now and get it out of the way because it's very difficult for me to talk about is that I also feel guilt. I feel guilt because in the last two years of his life, the tables were turned and I refused to allow him in my life anymore. By keeping him a monster, I don't have to feel the guilt over the fact that I treated him with conditional love in the end. Those last two years, I did treat him with conditional love. I had gotten fed up. I had been hurt by him again. 
And I decided I don't want that in my life anymore. I don't want to have anything to do with him. And he reached out. And for the first time in his entire life, probably, he tried to apologize. And I didn't accept it. I didn't acknowledge it. I never even told him that I got the message. And there's guilt in that because then he died and I can't take back those actions. And I don't want to have to feel guilty about them. Because in my mind and my heart, why should I? He spent 39 years of my life doing that to me and I spent two years doing that to him. So why should I have to be the one to feel guilty? That, that's been my attitude in my heart and in my mind. So, those things being said is my way, you guys. It's my way of starting to allow God to work on my heart, to allow God to enter in into the space of, you know, forgiveness and grace, all of the good things, um, to allow freedom from feeling guilty because I've got to work through that. But not allowing the enemy to make me feel guilty, to make me feel like a terrible person, to keep me in denial of the fact that I am a grieving daughter and I never wanted to be one. But the fact is, I am. I am a grieving daughter no matter what I am because I had a father and he died. And it doesn't matter what kind of relationship I had with him. He was still my dad. And there's also a piece of lost hope. Because while he was alive, there was always a little bit of hope that I had. But I also put walls up because I didn't want to be hurt anymore by him. So while he was alive, there was always a little glimmer of hope that he might be the dad that I've always wanted or needed. When he died, that hope was lost. And so that is, that's, that's a loss. There's a grief there that I can't deny. And I did have some good memories with him. Very few, but some good ones. Things like how he would come up for the first week of December and shop with my kids. He would take them to toy store, a toy store, and he would let them pick out whatever they wanted. And just seeing him with joy on his face, watching his grandkids, that was a good memory memory of him coming to Costa Rica with our oldest son when he was 15 and spending time with him swinging ropes and seeing monkeys together and playing chess in a hut at the in a bungalow at the base of a volcano he got to experience joy because of that time with our son went to Germany with him and there was times on that Germany trip I wanted to throttle him but I also did really enjoy 
spending time with him in Germany. I have a few. I have a few good memories of him. Again, not many, a handful. But I have to be allowed to grieve those few handfuls of memories because it's all I really have of him. And if I'm not going to allow the enemy to use the bad things about him against me, then I have to hold on to the good memories and, and remember why it's okay to grieve over him. Remember why it's okay to forgive myself and to actually feel sorry for the fact that I didn't forgive him while he was alive. So, you guys, what I have to say is that I hope that if you are in a place of grief, that you're able to figure out how to allow God to give you what you need to rest in him, to grieve in him, to give you the power to overcome the enemy during what may be a very dark time in your life. Because as you eat of the fruit of the Spirit, as you eat of the fruit of what God says in the Bible about, you know, whatever your situation is, by allowing God to speak to you through the Bible, by praying, by worshiping, guys, that's kind of like the fruit in Pac-Man. Eat it. Stop long enough to eat it and then to be able to chase your enemy down. Don't live in it because your marriage needs you to be present. Your marriage needs your hope. Your marriage needs your unconditional, unwavering, undying love. And you can't do that if you are being overcome by the grief that you're experiencing. And you're being overcome by demonic influence being involved in that grief. And guys, I'm trekking with you. I'm there. It's not easy. But I'm doing it because not only do I want to continue to, to live in this marriage, a sold out marriage, an unoffended marriage, if I want to continue to live in that space, then I can't allow the enemy to have any kind of foothold in this area. The devil is tricky and grief and depression it is going to eat you alive. It's powerful and it's going to eat you alive unless you eat it alive. So you guys, that being said, I love you. I do. I love you. If you are listening to this, I am praying for you. There's wives that are listening to this that I know are in a really dark time where you feel like giving up hope. While God is in your life, while you are alive, there is no such thing as a hopeless situation. There's not. There's not. And the older I get, and the more, for lack of a better word, the more crap I have to deal with in this life, the more I give all of it to God, the more I realize that hope, that hope that God gives us, that hope that we have in Christ is what keeps us going. So if you are in a dark space in your life, you guys don't give up hope. 
Giving up hope, it doesn't help you. That is a stranger's voice. Go back and listen to the episode I did on a stranger's voice. But having hopelessness and a defeated, you know, a defeated heart, that is from the enemy. That's from the enemy, you guys. And I'm telling you right now, if you are alive and breathing, then there is no hopeless situation Not if you believe in the God of this universe. There's no such thing as a hopeless situation. Your marriage is not hopeless. So you guys, just just know that I'm praying for you. And know that this girl, she is fighting. She is fighting the battle of depression. She's fighting the battle over over the enemy. And I'm going to walk through grief and allow grief to become a powerful a powerful thing to be used for good in my life and in yours and in this ministry. God is a good, good God. All right, you guys, I will catch you in the next episode of The Unoffended Wife. This one was a bit heavy, but so important. And I finally was able to come before you to deliver it. And that has taken a few weeks for me to really come to a place where I was ready to do that. So you're loved. Email me. Hit me up at a soldoutmarriage at gmail.com. If you need Aaron and I to be praying for you and over your marriage, you can also email me at theunoffendedwife at gmail.com. If you have questions, thoughts, comments, um, or anything like that based on the podcast. Uh, And of course, if you just need a hug, Um, even if it's a, an email, um, a prayer, just know that I am here for you. So definitely email me. Um, you can also check out our book, uh, on Amazon, the beginning of a journey to a sold out marriage. We love you. I love you. And I'll see you on the next episode of the unoffended wife.